Hello, hello, my magical friends. This is Annika with Witchful Ways and another podcast episode. Thank you guys so much for listening and subscribing to the podcast. And I'm loving the questions that you guys are bringing to me regarding all kinds of different things and topics that are being gone over on the podcast here. It's absolutely amazing. So we are on Monday, December 21st, and there's a whole lot of stuff happening, right? It's the first day of Yule. So Merry Yule to those of you that celebrate that season that starts today and runs through the 1st of January. You have 12 days to enjoy it. It is the winter solstice. So solstice blessings, happy solstice to those of you that are following the wheel of the year and welcoming the light half of the year back into your practice. It is to me the first day of winter. And I absolutely look forward to winter time because I first off, y'all know that I love the snow and I hope we get dumped with it again this year, but we probably won't. But um, to me, it is a time where I move into a time of the year that is actually very energetic for me. And this is why I always talk about finding what your personal correspondences are to the seasons and the cycles and the phases and the ingredients. Because for most people, I shouldn't say for most people, for some people or they're traditional, right? If you think about that, when you, you know, Google search it or whatever, your traditional correspondence to winter comes back with it's a very introspective, laid back, um, restful time. Which is true to an extent, right, when it comes to nature, plants and small animals and everything kind of, you know, burrow down, hunker down, hibernate for the colder months to be able to reemerge in the, to save their energy to reemerge in the spring. For me personally, the winter months are more energetic than the summer months are to me. Because I totally enjoy the, excuse me, the time that I get for myself to be able to make plans, to be able to actually sit and think and contemplate, to be able to enjoy just sitting in front of the window and watching snowflakes fall when they do, um, to enjoy just kind of that solitude. In the summer months, you have a whole, well, when we're not in a pandemic, right? You have a whole lot of interaction, physical interaction happening a lot of the time. You have, you know, summer holidays, you have weddings, you have, you know, uh, parties, graduation parties and gatherings and 4th of July gatherings and picnics and, right, everybody's out and about. To me, that can be very draining. So that's the time where I sit back and do a little bit more restfulness and do a little bit more inter kind of work. But winter time is very energetic for me. I feel like I there's just like so much I can get done in the winter. So that side babble there is why I always say make sure that you keep track of how you personally connect to so that you can work your practice and live your life according to how you connect with things, not how other people say you're supposed to, right? Okay, so this week... I am going to actually do a daily podcast. Whoa, right? We're going to do seven days of self-care because I think this is a perfect time to be doing that. We're in a hustle and bustle of the next two weeks, starting today, going through New, New Year's Day, and sometimes beyond that. 
the hustle and bustle can get to us. Like self-care, we're going to talk about that. Over the next seven days, there's a new episode every day, okay? So today we're going to talk a little bit about self-care and why self-care matters. Self-care covers a lot of areas with regards to how you're caring for yourself, right? It involves nurturing your body, your mind, your spirit. It focuses on building yourself up so that your internal resources don't become depleted. Like you can't pour from an empty cup. Essentially, self-care is being as good to yourself as you would be to somebody else that you care about. That's hard for us sometimes, right? We put every, especially busy, and I'm not, especially busy parents, let's put it that way. I was going to say moms, but I don't want to exclude the single dads and stuff, or even the dads, right? Like, or the grandparents, like when you are caring for other people, you tend to put them before yourself. And even some people go to an extent of they put everyone else, you know, above themselves. And you can't do that. You have to, you have to have self-care. You have to replenish your own battery before you can give energy and jumpstart somebody else, right? Just like you can't jumpstart somebody else's car with your dead battery. You can't pour your energy into somebody else if you don't have anything to pour from, if your cup's empty. So it requires you to show yourself some compassion and it encourages you to be vulnerable with other people and asking for help when you need it. Self-care isn't always about just sitting back and doing meditation and, you know, time for yourself and spa bath and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's about giving yourself permission to be able to ask for help when you need it on all levels. We need to learn to talk to ourselves like we would talk to the people that we love. So what kind of benefits come from self-care? There are a lot of benefits on practicing self-care, right? Embracing that concept, again, can be difficult for people that always place an emphasis on the welfare of everyone else that surrounds them. Again, if you keep giving all your energies to those people around you without filling yourself back up, it leaves you depleted and empty and crabby and frustrated and depressed and woe is me. And we don't want that, right? You have to serve yourself as well. So spending time and effort on yourself, it rejuvenates you. It energizes you. It refills your battery. It puts stuff back into your cup. Taking the time to indulge in your own interests demonstrates to yourself, to your worth. Improving your self-esteem gives you a more positive outlook on the world, right? And it teaches you a lot about yourself and it provides you with insight into what you need to be the absolute best version of yourself. So self-care helps you better cope with stress and it prioritizes what's important to you. And when you do that, you're going to be better able to take care of others when you also take those time, that time again, to meet your own needs. Okay, so let's talk about a couple different things of self-care, right? Like the short-term stuff you can do and the stuff that's going to help you long-term. So hopefully self-care is going to be something that you put into your life into practice and is going to have some long-term effects on your life. There's a lot of quick fixes that you can do for self-care, but not all of those things are going to be very helpful for you beyond the initial rust. I'm sorry, a long, 
beyond the initial rush that they provide of, okay, I feel better right now in the moment. Things like shopping, retail therapy, right? Personal favorite of mine, but retail therapy, um, alcohol, drugs, candy, eating, sweets, right? Whatever. Not to say that those things are like inherently bad, but you have to understand that they provide a quick hit to your brain and your body of, okay, I've taken a few minutes to do something for myself, but it's not a sustainable way of caring for yourself long term. Giving yourself downtime to rest and recuperate, maybe adding Pilates class or meditation class or, you know, do-it-yourself facials and spa nights at home. Those are all great ways to nourish your body and your soul. And we use those as short-term kind of pacifiers when we need them. And you make them part of your regular self-care rituals, right? So if you're used to doing your meditation on a certain, you know, time of day or once a week or whatever you do it, or if you take a, you know, spa bath for yourself at home, you know, once a week, whatever it is, those are great things to do to short-term recharge yourself a little bit. But we want to think about long-term as well, right? Anything that's considered long-term, it's going to take place over time. It has to be a gradual buildup over time. Things like um, jogging and journaling and yoga and reading and crafting, um, Those are all things. Meditation practices, right? Those are all things that are examples of self-care habits that will build up as you progress if you practice them, when you do them. Those should be things that become a part of your daily rituals as much as possible to really emphasize how they can be beneficial for you. There are tons of different ways, countless ways to add self-care into your routine. The key to choosing something and those activities would be that it's something that is very enjoyable to you and provides you with a lot of benefit for doing them because they're enjoyable. So going for a walk in nature is great for those who enjoy the outdoors. Um, Other forms of exercises, running, going to the gym, dancing, right? I'm always all about dancing, yoga, Pilates, whatever it is. Spending time with family can be really rejuvenating. But, and I know we're in a pandemic again, so, you know, keep that in mind. But so can saying no. Allowing yourself to decline invitations or when people ask you to do something or whatever, when you're feeling run down is a big part about caring for yourself. You have to know your boundaries, right? You have to set those up. So for a short-term fix, maybe treating yourself to a favorite indulgence like a movie or a manicure or a spa, you know, outside the home or an ice cream cone or something like that are all really good examples. Taking a spa bath, foot soak, meditating, those are all short-term fixes, right? Those give us instant, a little bit of a boost of a recharge. I personally like to sit down with music. Movement for me is really big, so dancing is really big for me. And yes, dance like nobody's watching um, in ways that, you know, you just like, I wonder if my body moves this way, you know, just let the music take you. But also, I like to sit with the music and write. That's where I get some of my best ideas from. That's where I get some of my best insights from, right? Sometimes I'm just scribbling down what happened that day, 
Sometimes I'm doing a little bit deeper work going into what am I feeling about a certain situation or something that came out during that day, right? The point about it isn't so much what I'm writing as it is that I'm taking the time to write in general. If writing like that is something that you feel like releases, right? Takes off some, lets off some steam, um, express yourself creatively. It may be it, something that just gives your brain and your spirit and your body, your energetic body, a chance to diffuse and explore yourself and your depths of yourself. So that may be painting, that may be writing poems, anything like that as well. So if you would like to try writing, I'm going to give you some journal prompts. So today, I'm going to ask you to grab a notebook, piece of paper, whatever it is. You don't have to keep it around. You can throw it away afterwards. You can burn it in a fire, whatever you'd like to do. But take your notebook and your favorite writing tool, whatever it is, and maybe your favorite cup of tea or wine or whatever it is, and take a few minutes out of your chaotic life. Give yourself permission to daydream just a little bit. And then I want you to work out some of the ways that you can fall in love with yourself a little bit each day. So I'd like you to take your piece of paper and your journal prompt and right on the top of it is, what are three things that bring you joy, peace, or pleasure that you could do more of in your daily life? Just sit with it. See what comes out. Write everything down and then start crossing out until you get to your top three. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a wonderfully magical rest of your day.